my heart to share with you all this morning that, that I believe is going to uh, continue to do what I think God has already started this morning and that shift you into another place. I, I hope you can get in agreement with me this morning. I believe it happened as the praise team was singing this morning, a shifting began to take place this morning. There are some things that God is doing this morning and it's not just about this church, it's about this city, it's about this state, and it's about this nation. And I believe that you're going to hear over the next few weeks some, some, some things that, that were held up in the realm of the spirit. They shifted this morning on behalf of this city. Some things, some things that have been held up in this city just shifted this morning and, and there's been a release in the realm of the Spirit. And so I want you to get in agreement with me for that and I want you to have an expectancy for that and, and, I, and I want you to, to, to not let that word go until you see the manifestation of God changing things in this city. Amen? Pastor Whitfield and, 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 and uh, Pastor Susan send their greetings this morning. Uh, they love you all, and, and so they were excited when I had the opportunity to come down. I've not been to Eagle Summit in years. <laughs> it's been a really long time since I've been to Eagle Summit, but I am, again, I'm just, I'm just honored to have the opportunity to be here uh, along with my wife, Krishana. Last time I was here, we weren't married, but thank God, God said a man that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. And I got a good thing in Jesus' name. And so I'm thankful for her, and some of you saw my son Giovanni, who is just a joy to us. You know, the, the, the enemy said we weren't gonna have children. That, that was the doctor's report that we had, that we were not gonna have children. And for seven years, we heard that same report. But God. We had a word from God that it's going to happen in my timing. When you get a word from God, I'm telling you this morning, when God speaks a word to you, you hold on to that word because if everything else passes away, the word of God will not pass away. And we held on to that word of God. We spent thousands of dollars with doctors trying to, trying, to, trying to get pregnant. And they finally said, just save your money. Go home and adopt. And we're like, no, that's not what God said. And if I had been paying attention the first time, or if I had not allowed this thing right here to get in my way, I never would have spent the thousands of dollars because I had a word from God. And that's what I should have been relying on instead of man. But seven years later, we got this wonderful little boy in our lives. And what a testimony we were able to take back to the doctors who were astounded and surprised and amazed. But we were able to say, God, God can do what no man can do, amen? And so, and so we, we have this wonderful testimony in our lives and, and I want you to know this morning that, that prayer works. Prayer works. Prayer works. And don't you ever let anything or anybody talk you out of what you're believing God for. It doesn't matter if it takes one day, one year, one month, ten years. If you hold on to the word of God, God will manifest what he promised you. Amen. I'm trying to just, there, there's some, I'm, I'm telling you, there's some things happening here this morning. And I'm just trying to zero in on what the Holy Spirit wants to do. I have a message 
prepared, but I want God more than I want my message. Amen. I love Jesus and I love the Holy Spirit and I love allowing him to do what he wants to do. So I'm just trying to kind of let him settle some things in me so I can see what direction he wants to go in. And while I'm waiting on that, I want to say to you, praise team, there is such an anointing on your lives. There is, where did my musicians go? There is such an anointing on you. Do not ever take that for granted. And I challenge you that when you come together to lift your voices and make one sound to God, I challenge you to put your faith out for God to do something supernatural. Not necessarily spectacular, but supernatural in the realm of the spirit. Because do you know there are things that God wants to do through us that we can't always see? God is a supernatural God who is in the realm of the spirit and he works first in the spirit and then those things are manifested in the natural. I challenge you, praise team, that when you come together to lift your voices to God, even if it's for rehearsal, expect God to do something supernatural. Because I can tell you right now, when you sang this morning, over this city, strongholds came down. Strongholds came down over this city this morning. Your voice is important to God. Your voice is important to God. The enemy has this thing where he wants to shut our mouths. He wants to keep from speaking the word of God. But you are made in God's likeness and in his image. And when God walked with man in the garden in the cool of the day, the word says he walked by his voice. The word says that, that, that Adam heard God walking, heard the voice of God walking in the garden. Your voice needs to be walking. Your voice needs to be progressing and taking ground. Your voice needs to be going forth. Your voice needs to be overtaking the enemy's camp. We, we fight an enemy who is in the realm of the spirit as well. And we can't fight him in the natural. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Your voice is a weapon. When you lift your voice to worship God, when you lift your voice to praise God, you push back darkness and you give the Holy Spirit place to move. Don't let the enemy stop your voice. Don't let the enemy keep you from speaking the word of God over your life and over your situation. You need to be declaring the word. I know the house that you sit in, I know your pastor, so I know I'm not telling you anything new, but sometimes we have to do a review. You need to have a confession based on the word of God that you're confessing over your life every day and especially now, especially the time that we're in now. Because the enemy has loosed some warfare like we've not seen before, but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so we've already won the battle. We already have the victory. 
but your voice is important. It's important what you're speaking. It's important what you're saying. Amen? Father, we just thank you right now, God, for your faithfulness. God, you are so good. And Lord, your word, you said you exalt it above your name. And so God, as I share your word this morning, Father, I pray that you would make a place for it in the heart of your people. God, and let it produce everything in our lives that you won't produce this morning, God. Be glorified, Father. Be magnified. Father, tear down things. Move things out, God, and build things up on the inside of us, Father. And cause us, God, cause us to manifest in our lives those things which glorify you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So the Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32, And the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. It says they had an understanding of the times. They discerned the times. They perceived the season and the time that they were living in to know what Israel ought to do. And so this morning, I want us to be discerning of the times. We're the children of God, so we need to be discerning the times so that we will know what the church ought to do. The church needs to be doing something in this season. The church needs to be producing something in this season. And that word there, that word so that they will know what Israel ought to do, that word to do means to fashion, to accomplish, to do work, to make and produce. We need to be producing some things in this season with, with all the craziness of this election that's going on. Well, saints, man's not going to be able to do anything about the sin in this nation. It doesn't matter who is elected to that office, and it does matter, but it doesn't matter. Because man can't do anything to stop sin. That's what Jesus came to do. And church, we are the hands, the feet, we're the body of Christ. So if anything is going to be done about sin, it's going to be because the church is doing what the church is supposed to do. It's going to be because the church is producing what the church should be producing. And so we have to discern the times to know what it is we need to be doing in this season. It's very important for us to, to, to shift over from a mode of thinking about houses and, and, and cars and and. And, and, and raises and, and all of those wonderful things that I believe in. Okay, I'm not against prosperity. I believe God's plan is to prosper me greatly. But that can't be the forefront of my thought life. My thought process has to be souls. My thought process has to be the people who don't know Jesus. If I don't get a new car, if I don't get a new house, can I get a soul into the kingdom? Can I save somebody from going to hell? Because see, that's where I was on my way to. 
When Jesus walked into my bedroom in, in, in 1998 when I was snorting cocaine and drinking liquor and, and doing things and watching things that I shouldn't have been doing and the Son of God walked into my bedroom and pulled my soul out of hell. Far be it from me to allow my life to be consumed with trying to get a house or trying to get a car. Instead of getting a soul out of hell like Jesus did for me. And so we have to be discerning of the times and know what it is that we ought to be producing. In this season. And the work that we should be doing. John chapter 6. Beginning in verse 26. And this is where Jesus had just fed the multitude and he he. Uh, went across the sea to the other side and the people noticed that he, uh, that the disciples went across and he wasn't in the boat with the disciples and there was, there was no other boat that went across and so they're trying to figure out, Jesus, how, how did you get here? And, and Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth. Don't labor for the house. Don't labor for the car. Don't labor for the clothes, and God knows I love clothes. <laughs> but don't, don't, measure, don't, 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 don't go after those things that perish. Don't labor after those things. He said, but for the meat which it endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? We have to be discerning in this season. We have to be like the sons of Issachar and know what work we need to be doing in this season. What, what do we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God, that ye believe on him who hath sent me. That's the work that God has called us to do is that we might believe on Jesus. And believing that Jesus is the Son of God is not the end of the work. Because he, he said plainly, if you believe on me, you've not done anything. If you, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you've not done anything. Because the devils believe that and tremble. They know who he is. You see in the word of God when uh, uh, Jesus approached the man filled with demons and the demon said, Son of God, have you come to torment us before our time? The devil know who he is. So, so simply believing that he's the Son of God is not the believing that we stop at. Okay? So let's go on a little bit further and look at Mark chapter 16 and verse 17. He said, and these signs shall follow them that believeth. So we're back to that word believe. These signs shall follow him that believeth. To what level are we believing? in him. What is our level of belief? Are we at a level of believing that signs are following us? We don't have a different spirit 
than the one that raised Jesus from the dead. We have the same Holy Ghost. We don't have a different spirit than the one who worked through Jesus to open blind eyes. We don't have a different spirit than the one who worked through Jesus to call Lazarus from the grave. We don't have a different spirit from the one who fed the multitudes. We don't have a different spirit from the one that called the lame to walk. We don't have a different spirit. We've been given the same spirit. And the enemy does not want us to know who we are and how powerful we are in Christ. The enemy does not want you to know that you have the right to walk past somebody who's lacking and speak the word of God into their life and cause whatever they need to be manifested in the name of Jesus. He doesn't want you to know that. He doesn't want you to know that you have the right. You have the right to speak life where the enemy has spoken death. You have the right to speak prosperity where the enemy has spoken lack. You have the right to speak healing where the enemy has spoken sickness. You have the right. As a matter of fact, the word says that all of creation is groaning and waiting on us. Waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. Jesus said, for this purpose am I come that I might do away with the works of the devil. We have the right to put an end to darkness. But what happens a lot of times is when we're put in the midst of darkness, we start praying to get out. We pray to get out of the darkness because it's uncomfortable, because the people around us are talking about us, because they don't like us, because the situation is hard. And so we start praying, God, get me out of this situation. God, get me out of this circumstance when we need to be praying. God, let your light shine on me like never before. God, let the light of God that's on the inside of me rise up. God, help me to give you praise in the midst of this situation so that the darkness is expelled. You're put there to push the darkness back. You're in that situation you're in to do something about it. And we have become a privileged-minded church. Because I'm a Christian, I'm not supposed to be going through this. Because I'm a Christian, I'm not supposed to be faced with this challenge. Because I'm a Christian, I'm not supposed to be in this situation. No, you're in that situation to change it. Do you remember when Moses was about to cross the Red Sea and he was standing there and didn't know which way they, they were going to go? God said, Moses, why are you crying to me? I know it's a sea before you, but I've given you the rod of God. Why are you crying to me, Moses? Stretch out your hand across the sea. Why are we crying to God in the midst of these hard situations? Why are we crying to God instead of saying, God, I know you placed something on the inside of me, and this is what I declare, and this is what I decree over this situation. And you said that I shall decree a thing, and it shall be established unto me. So this situation has to change, and it has to change now in the name of Jesus. You where you are to change it. 
just like this morning when your worship changed some things in this city. I can't wait to, I don't know what it is. I can't wait to hear about it. Some things in this city changed today. That's why you're in the situation you're in, to change it. To let people see you go through some things and see the glory of God on you so they can ask you, what is it about you that keeps you in this level of peace while you're going through what you're going through? What is it about you that keeps you coming in here smiling every day when they just cursed you out? What is it about you that makes you hang on when everybody else would have given up? And you can say, let me tell you about somebody named Jesus who came into my heart and changed my life. That's why you're where you are. To change it. So we have to be discerning of the time so we will know the work that we need to be working and what it is we need to do. And so he said, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents and they if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's the work. That's the work that we need to be working. That's what we need to be producing in our lives. But the enemy wants to keep us living from up here instead of from here. I don't know about you, but this thing right here is dangerous for me when I get up here. When I get up here in this thing right here, I'm in a dangerous place. So I have to be out of here and make this right here be subject to the word of God. Because if I stay up here without the word of God, I'm, I'm in for it and so is everybody around me. <laughs> Why? Because this, this can tell me some stuff that sounds really good. There are people out there that can say some stuff that sounds so good, but it's empty. It has no substance if it does not line up with the word of God. It has no substance. And so we have to make sure that we're living from here so that we can work the work that God has called us to work. And we need to be producing what God wants us to produce. So, so, Let's look at what we need to be producing and how we do it. In John chapter 15, beginning in verse 8, Jesus says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Now, we cry out all the time for the glory of God. God, I want your glory. God, give us your glory. God, send us your glory. Well, Isaiah said, rise, shine, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Do you know we're crying out for the glory of God and God wants us to bring him glory. He wants us to manifest the glory that he placed on us, which is his spirit to produce what he desires for us to produce. He wants us to produce 
fruit herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, not a little bit, not some, much. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. We need to be full with joy. Because it, the Bible says it's with joy that we draw from the wells of salvation. So if you, if you had a well and you went to the well to get water, you, you need something to draw, you need a bucket to draw the water out. You need something to go down in the well and, and get water and you retrieve it and you draw the water out. The Bible says that joy is what we use to draw out of the wells of salvation. Salvation is being saved, deliverance, safety, soundness of mind, peace, and prosperity. Those are things that we need to be walking in in our lives. And sometimes we have, we have seasons of walking in things. But we should always be producing salvation in our lives continually. See, our spirit got saved. Our spirit saved. Our body is going to be saved. That soul, the seed of our mind, will, and emotions is an ongoing work. And we have to continually, with, with joy, draw out of those wells of salvation so that we can keep bringing the soul into subjection to the word of God so then the soul brings the body into subjection to the word. Does that make sense? Because if we just live out of the soul, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'll try to catch it back up in a minute. But if we just live out of our soul and, 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 and somebody makes you mad and your soul says you need to curse them out. And if, 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 you have, if you're not living out of here where the word of God reigns, you're going to grab back and let them have it. But if you're living out of here, and that word rises up on the inside of you that says, bless your enemies and curse not. You will do like God had me do when my supervisor cursed me out and he told me go buy her a gift card to a restaurant and tell her to take her and her husband out to dinner. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. But I obey God. To this day, if that woman needs prayer, she'll call me. I could have lived out of here and closed the door for God to speak to somebody's heart. We have to live out of here where the word of God will bring the flesh into subjection. Amen? So your joy has to be full. And he said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what the Lord doeth. We have to be discerning of the times to know 
See, Jesus wants us to know what we ought to do at this point in our nation. At this point when our nation is in such upheaval, when we see black men's lives being lost, when we see this, uh, this split that's trying to come even in the body of Christ because of this election, we ought to know what to do. We don't need to be like the world running around asking what to do. Don't get caught up in that conversation with putting this candidate down or putting that candidate down or talking about this situation like it's hopeless or talking about that situation like it's hopeless. No, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have hope that everything that we're in the midst of is going to come out okay because Jesus is the Lord of our lives. I'm not worried about this election because I know how to pray. I'm not worried about this election because I know how to talk to my God. See, we don't need to get caught up in all of that. We need to be the ones with the answers. We need to be discerning of the times so we know what to do. He said, for the servant knoweth not what the Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Do we really believe that? Let's be honest with ourselves. Do we really believe that whatever we ask the Father, in the name of Jesus, he's going to do it. Because Jesus made it real simple. He made it real clear right there. He didn't cover up in it. He said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will do it. Do we believe him? Do we believe that when we go to our Father and we seal that prayer in the name of Jesus that we have what we ask Him for? Yes, yes, yes. We've got to start believing that like never before because He said, herein is my Father glorified that you may bear fruit. And He, 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 he ties our bearing fruit to prayer. We bear fruit, we bear fruit because we pray in the name of Jesus. In that name that's above every name. That's what causes us to bear fruit. And so I want you to look at something in, in James chapter 5 because everything, everything that I've talked about and everything that I've taken you through so far is to get you right here where we're going right now. And that's you bearing fruit in prayer. Because he said it real plain. Anything you ask anything, you ask my Father in my name, he's going to do it. Anything, you ask the Father in my name, he's going to do it. But before that, he told us, I want you to know what I want you to do. 
I want you to know what I want you to pray. I want you to know what I want you to ask my father for. I want you to know. I want to work along with you. And those things that I've spoken to you, those things that I've shown you are the things that I want you to pray. And when you pray those things that I've talked to you about, when you ask it in my name, my father's going to do it. Prayer is a two-way conversation. It's not a monologue, it's a dialogue. And what God has to say to me is much more important than what I have to say to him. And what we do sometimes is we go into prayer, we sing a little bit, we worship a little bit, we say, God, this is what I want, and we're gone. But what we need to be doing is worshiping God and getting on our face and staying there until God speaks something to us. Why? So I can set myself in agreement with God and say back to God what God said to me so that thing will produce the fruit that it's supposed to produce in my life. Because the only thing that God is obligated to in the earth is his word. And I need to be allowing God to speak a personal word on the inside of me. My sister said this morning, this thing has to be personal. Yes, there are times we come together and do a corporate work. There was a corporate work going on this morning, but it was because every personal joint was supplied. And so I need to know how to sit in the presence of God and get a word down in my spirit. It's wonderful when we go to a church service. It's wonderful when we go to conferences and the man or the woman of God calls us out and speak a word in our life. But what about the word that God has spoken personally on the inside of you? Because anybody that stands up publicly and gives you a word ought to match the word that you got in private. And I know a whole lot of people that are running around here trying to do things because somebody spoke a word over them that God didn't have anything to do with. And so we have renegades running around out here chasing after something that God is not in. And then they get frustrated with God. No, this thing is personal. You sit in the presence of God. You get on your face. You get on your knees. You worship God. You get a word from your head. He's your father. He's your very own personal God. Your very own personal father. And you have to sit in his presence and you have to let him speak to you what it is you need to be doing, what work you need to be working in this season, what fruit he wants you producing. Amen? So in James chapter 5, in verse 16, he says, confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. Then he says this, the earnest, this is out of the Amplified, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its 
working. Do you know this morning when we were worshiping God, and I believe that worship is the highest form of prayer, there was tremendous power available this morning in the realm of the Spirit, and it was dynamic in its working, and that's why I believe this morning that some darkness was pushed back and some strongholds came down because we were working dynamically in the realm of the Spirit because we're righteous men and women, and we were lifting our voices to God, you're powerful in the realm of the Spirit. You're powerful in the realm of the Spirit. And I want you to know this morning who you are and the power that lives on the inside of you and the call of God that you have on your life to stand up in this earth and put to end the works of the enemy. You have the right. You have the right to say that hateful co-worker is not going to hell. You have the right to say that. You have the right to say that that boss that mistreats you is not dying and going to hell. You have the right to say that addicted cousin is not going to hell. You have the right. You have the right to grab hold of somebody in this earth that's about to slip away and with the other hand grab hold of heaven and say, God, I'm not letting go until you save their soul in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Because you said in your word that you don't want one lost, God. And your prayers will be powerful and dynamic. Why? Because you're working the work that he wants you to work. You're doing what it is he wants you to do. You're powerful. The heartfelt, fervent prayer, the heartfelt, fervent, effectual prayers of righteous men and women are powerful. When you pray, it's powerful. When you pray, dynamic power is released and it works. Prayers work. Dynamic prayers are working when you lift up your voice to God. He goes on to say, Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have, with feelings, affections, and a constitution like ours. He prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and no rain fell on the earth for three years and six months. And then he prayed again, and the heavens supplied rain, and the land, the King James said, the earth, produced its fruit. Now remember what we just talked about from John chapter 15? Jesus wants us to produce fruit. If we go back to the scripture, it says, it says the, uh, uh, in Chronicles, it says the sons of Issachar, they had an understanding of the times to know what to do. And that word do meant produce. What do you produce? What do we need? We need to be producing fruit in the earth. We need to cry out to God for the reign of the Spirit that we will begin to produce the fruit that we need to be producing in the earth so that people around us will know that our God is God. It's time for us to be producing fruit. And we need to get alone with God so we will know what fruit we need to be producing in our lives in this season. Because I may be over here trying to do this and getting frustrated because it's not happening. When God is saying no, it's time for you to be over here. This is the season you're in. 
We have to be discerning of the times, not just in our nation, but in our personal lives. God, what season is it for me? God, what am I supposed to be producing at this point in my life? God, I don't want to be the kind of person that just gets up on Sunday morning and goes to church and lift my hands or come to church on Wednesday night. God, let me produce something in the kingdom for your glory. And it comes through prayer. It comes through fervent, effectual, heartfelt prayer, making tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. This is the work that we have to work, that we might believe on the Son of God, whom the Father sent. And what do we do when we believe? These things shall follow him that believeth. What's following you? What's following you? Are signs following you? Not, not us following after signs, not us running over here because we heard this preacher's real good and when he or she preaches, all this happened and all that happened. No, I'm talking about the signs are following me. I'm talking about where I go, people are getting healed. I'm talking about where I go, people are getting set free. Because that person may be producing what God wants them to produce, but what's following me? What's the fruit that's coming from my life? And so if we, if we notice what, what he's saying around, around that scripture about how dynamic our prayers are and how that power is made available to us, he talks about, he talks about confessing our faults one to another and, and praying one for another, our, our confessing our offenses and slips and, and your sins and, and, and pray for one another that you'll be healed and restored to a spiritual tone in your heart and in your mind. And then, and then there's the scripture about how powerful our prayers. And then he goes back to our, our faults when he talks about Elijah being a man of light passion. Yet he prayed to the point that the rain stopped. So, so here is Elijah, who was so powerful one moment, and the next moment he's sitting under a tree wanting to die. Why? Because he's in this thing up here. Because one woman said, he, here he just killed all the prophets of Baal, called down fire from heaven. One woman spoke one thing, and it got up him up here, and he went and sat under the tree and said, God, just let me die. The enemy wants you living right up here. He wants you to pay more attention to your faults, to your slips, and to your sins than you pay to the blood of Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus has covered anything that I've ever done, anything I'm doing now, and anything that I'm going to do. And I'm righteous not because of me, but I'm righteous because the blood of Jesus. And so I have the right to go to my father. No matter what's going on. And the enemy comes against this right up here. You can't pray now. You know what you just said. You know what you just did. You think God's going to hear you now? You can't minister to nobody. How are you going to minister to anybody? Look what's going on in your own life. The only reason I'm standing up here before you this morning is because the blood of Jesus covers my life. Not because I got it so together that I don't ever have a slip. Not because I got it so together that I don't ever have to talk to anybody about what's going on in my life. I'm standing up here before you in the power of God this morning because the blood of Jesus covers me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. 
And the same thing that makes me powerful as a man of God makes you powerful as men and women of God. And that's the blood of Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You do belong to him. And you do have a right to go boldly before his throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help you in the time of need. You do have the right to do it. The blood of Jesus does take care of anything you're struggling with. The blood of Jesus takes care. It's the blood. It's the blood of Jesus this morning that makes your prayers powerful. That's why Jesus said anything that you ask the Father in his name, not in your name. Ibando cobre kete nekando boshi kinde eklendara bakosaha anje kete la bahaya ikendola boshika andola bokoho. And I know right now by the Spirit of God that God is setting some of you back in your place. I know right now by the Spirit of God, some of you have stopped talking to God like you know to talk to God because this thing up here has gotten in your way. But God is releasing you today to stand in your position and call those things that be not as though they were. You are free by the blood of the Lamb. You are free to walk in the power and authority that God has given you because it's given to you in the blood of Jesus. It's given to you in the name of Jesus. It's given to you in that name that is above every name. And those things that have been harassing you, they're subject to the name of Jesus. And I come today in the name of Jesus to declare that you're free to be who God has called you to be, to declare that you're free today to walk in what God has called you to walk in, to declare to you today that you have the right to pull down strongholds in your family. You have the right to pull down strongholds in this city. The devil is a liar. You have the right. But it's not because you're so good. It's not because you've done everything just right. You have the right because of the blood of Jesus. Let me ask you something. If you didn't do anything to make yourself righteous. It took the blood of Jesus to make you righteous. If you didn't do anything to make yourself righteous, what can you do to make yourself unrighteous? Hey! Hey! If you didn't do anything to make yourself righteous, what can you do to make yourself unrighteous? Freedom has come to this house today in the name of Jesus. You're free in your mind today. You're free in your mind today in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Those things that the enemy spoke to you, those lies, they come down today in the name of Jesus. Why? Because there's a work that needs to be done. There's a work that needs to be done. We got a work to do, saints. And in order for us to do that work, we're going to have to be walking in the authority that God has called us to walk in. 
This nation is going to turn around, not because some man or some woman is in office. This nation is going to turn around because righteous men and women stand in their place and they pray and their prayers are dynamic and making tremendous power available in the spirit. Your family is going to turn around because you're praying. Things on your job are going to turn around because you're praying. And it's for the glory of God. It's not to get you out of an uncomfortable situation. It's so that the light of God can be seen in you and people can come to you and say, I want to know this Jesus that you know. I want to know what this light is that you have. I want to know what this difference is that you have. Thank you, Father. That's why we have to be working the work. Kibaso kobrete. Nishakatabahandoko. We have to be discerning. We have to discern the times. We're in a time and we're in a season where God needs us. We're in a time and we're in a season where God needs us to talk to him so we'll know what it is we need to be doing and what fruit we need to be producing in our lives because my fruit may be different from your fruit but if you're producing your fruit and you're producing your fruit and you're producing your fruit and I'm producing my fruit every joint supplies and when we bring that fruit together we make something glorious for God. And so I challenge you this morning. To get along with God. <laughs>